0: What's up, and welcome back to the Kinda Funny Screencast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes, and I'm joined by the big daddy himself, Greg Miller. They said the line. They
1: said it. I was elbowing Jen really hard. I was so excited.
0: <laughs> the Texas Treat Latino Heat clicking heads and ripping them to shreds. The globetrotting, headshotting, nitro rifle from twitch.tv, Andy Cortez.
2: Great morning, everybody. Um, what
1: line are you talking about, Greg? The Good isn't a thing you are, it's a thing you do. Uh, I've uh, every episode of this show with you. I thought uh, be
3: for it. I was I was thinking. I was like, I don't remember anyone saying I am Miss Marvel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: you're not even yeah, why, what are you trying to, you're not even
1: a Captain Marvel. You're more
3: a Miss yeah. Marvel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Rounding out the group today. We've been trying to get him for the last couple episodes, but here he is making his first appearance on this show, Gabe to Moore Hussein.
3: Salam everyone. How are you doing? You know, I beat the Rona but the rona are still beating me yeah so, yeah, yeah it's a, yeah. It's a cool Street. world yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Uh, uh, yeah i want to get into to all of your thoughts on even the previous episodes in just a second but let's get through the rigmarole of course this is the kind of funny screencast where each and every week we get together to talk about the latest in tv movies and trailers things have been popping off recently so if you have interest in marvel star wars any nerd pop culture shit you need to check out this show on youtube.com slash kindoffunny or roosterteeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Screencast. It will be right there for you. Uh, to lead into Thor Love and Thunder, we have started our Thor rewatch. Episode one is live now. We got Thor The Dark World coming out tomorrow, live on Patreon today. That is on in review, so you can check that out if it entices you. If you wanna watch live as we record it, this show and in review, uh, you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producers, Gordon McGuire, Molecule, and Fargo Brady have done. Uh, today, we're brought to you by Shopify and Athletic Greens, but we'll talk about that later. Tam, we're three episodes in. Mm-hmm. Give me your, your brief thoughts on episodes one and two, and yeah. then give me your thoughts on episode three.
3: Um, so one and two, um, I, 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 I was very fortunate that I got to watch it early because Marvel like Yeah, that guy's brown let's give it to him early Uh, so uh so they gave it to me early and i was i remember texting you tim and i was like this is amazing like this is really good um and i've been loving every episode and the thing i've been trying to do as a conscious effort and it's something that is kind of like weird to say but also necessary is try and separate the feeling of this is good because it's uh representation and this is good because it's just a good show And initially, I was struggling to really filter out this is good because it's representation because overwhelmingly, I feel like it's it's really appealing to me because it is me and it represents me and it reflects my life and my culture. But I think the more that I watch it, I've watched the first two episodes a couple more times and I've obviously seen episode three. I think it's also now I'm confident in saying it's just a good show. And it's just a good, fun, like, enjoyable experience on its own that anyone who doesn't have the cultural connections that I do can enjoy. The first two ones were really, they remind me. It's interesting because it's very different from the comic series. They, a lot of departures in Kamala's origin and, like, the world around her. At the same time, at each episode, I come away feeling like this is such a good version of the comic book series Mm -hmm. and it's not because it adapts the one-to-one origin the narrative the lines that kind of thing what it does it it adapts the spirit of what um G Willow Wilson and Sana Amanat and the other people from Marvel wanted to bring to the Marvel comics and the world of comic books through Miss Marvel and that was you know something different a culture that was very underexplored you know, a brown character front facing that isn't a side part, isn't a bit part in the another person's story, and give people who look like Kamala in America and around the world something to aspire to, something to be uplifted by. And I feel like in the same way that the comic book does that, this TV show is doing that as well. So in spirit, it's as faithful as a representation and adaptation of Miss Marvel, the comics. As it could be, if not in the letter of the law, as in L O R E, not the L A W. Yeah, uh, and like episode three, I thought was fantastic. We got a lot of uh, kind of setup of the big bad finally, um, and and I love that they went with, which we'll discuss. They went with something that. I've always felt, I've written a lot of stories in my time that have never been published. I've always wanted to write about, you know, do my own superhero stories and that kind of stuff. Like most of us have done countless amount of stories, all fixated on Jin. And the fact that they came in and they were like, we're going to make Jin the major thing in this. I was like... The fact that they did that, they understand what's interesting as a storytelling device to people like me because I have written the stories around a superhero that has to battle and is in the world of Jin. So I'm like, this is so cool. This is so good. I would do it this way. And how can I be mad at someone else doing it this way? It's just it's perfect. I love it. That's rad.
2: Andy, what did you think of episode three? Uh, I wasn't here for last week's episode either. I mean, I, I think this show just continues to be delightful and fun to watch. Um, I think that uh, Samina Ahmed, I think her line delivery and acting continues to be pitch perfect. She's just she's perfect. There's there hasn't been a line read that you ever kind of cringe at or kind of like that, this feels like rookie acting type shit. She's is that awesome. Nokia? Did yes. You
3: that? Yep. Yeah,
2: I believe so. I, I No, Googled no, it. no. Uh,
3: Nokia is played by Yasmin Fletcher.
2: Oh yeah, what Naki is it. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Are you talking about Ms. Marvel? Yeah, Ms. Marvel, yeah. Amon Vellini. Amon Vellini. Amon Valini, sorry. Valini. Uh, my stupid my stupid thing's going off. I don't want to say the thing. I don't want to conjure the yeah. thing. Or else it's gonna keep on talking. Um yeah, I think her her acting continues to be fantastic. I love the, the little crew she's getting. And they found a way that unlike what Moon Knight failed to do for me. To make the action fun and to make you have a power set again i've talked about this before it's like it's like building out a fighting kit for a video game character you have a fighting you have this power set and this move set how are you going to make it visually interesting and apart from the uh from the story and from the jinn kind of coming after her there at that wedding um i i just love the way it all came together but more importantly i think they found ways to make the fighting look fun and appealing to the eye. And I thought there were several moments in this where it just completely outshined anything Moon Knight did action-wise, wow. which mm-hmm. is, like, shocking to say, because Moon Knight, I feel like, is supposed to kind of be on... If anything, that's maybe the one that you go to for combat and for violence yeah. and stuff like that. But I I just thoroughly enjoyed the whole fight scene. I love um, the sort of... Uh, yeah her friend i'm blanking on his name right now bruno? um bruno. bruno i love the sort of um the stuff he's going through right now does do i leave her do i go to california um i i don't know i just everything about this show so far has been kind of pitch perfect for me uh, we got less of the silly drawn kind of overlay stuff that i really enjoyed about episodes 1 and 2 there wasn't a whole lot of that here but i understand that we had to kind of focus on the main Uh, issue at hand which is these jinn are here in the world and they seem like they are you know not a threat and they just want to help out they just want to go home but then we kind of see them turn their ugly heads and it's really awesome greg miller what do you think of episode three
1: I uh, had a great time with it. I would say, for me personally, this would be the first... This is, like... this. It didn't hit the highs of episode one and two. And I think it's just because it was such an exposition-heavy episode, and I didn't necessarily love how they did that. I thought introducing so many gin at once was very Eternals-like, and then the fact that you just give me so many disposable ones of, like, well, I, okay, like, I was hung... I thought it was cool when it was, you know... uh sitting there and I, I when we ended last week we I thought that was the grandmother I was confused I didn't realize this is going to be a grandmother's friend or great-grandmother's friend right so I thought that was an interesting thing and I was like I wanted more a little bit more of like who she was but then to add in the other people and he's obsessed with culture and yet the dumbest parts of the culture I was like I get it I understand there's a team and I'm actually interested in the fact that there's a team but then we turn so quickly I thought it was a, a disservice to it that in one episode they go from being like oh okay cool she has some answers to oh they're bad and they're going to be bad and they're going to be super bad guys right now. Right It's all happening right now, right now. Cause even like, you know, Kamala being in talking to Bruno and like, you know, we can work through this. We can get there. Uh, you know, let's keep working on Like, I, I didn't think her, you know, demands were crazy. And then like, again, for uh, great grandmother or well, great grandmother's friend, right. To be like, there is no time I'm through waiting. I'm like, How many, how you've been here how long? And like, like, but now, like what's the, why is now the thing you've got to push through this? Like you have to, I think she should be able to understand that she could get it, you know, quicker or better without the use of force or whatever. But I thought, I just thought that was a little bit, too comic book showy but i enjoyed mm. it of course i thought the wedding was great i thought you know my favorite part of this as i've said before is not the superheroing right it is the relationships and the family dynamics so i thought the wedding was great and seeing everybody play off each other and then you know i i liked uh, in the wedding and everything that happens right uh kamala trying to protect everybody not give away her identity i then kind of did want her to fess up at the end when you know mm. mom and dad are like you can tell us anything because i i got you i teared up when it was her and her mom in the bathroom and her mom's like you know whatever mountain you're in front of like you don't have to climb it alone like I thought that was a, I thought that was a really powerful well acted scene and so I was hoping there at the end we would get the she just turns her hand into something right and boom that's it's credits there and she reveals it to the entire family but mm-hmm. again I enjoyed it I'm not saying this is a bad episode or anything but I it just didn't I wasn't as hyped coming off of it or through it as I was with episodes one and two Tim what about you
0: I continue to absolutely love this show. Uh, I, I feel like you're right, Greg, that this is the the weakest episode by far, but that actually kind of excites me because I feel like this is the episode in other Marvel shows that we get second to last, and then we have mm-hmm. one episode to kind of like get everything together. Here we have three episodes left. I do think that uh, the switch from... Us essentially not having bad guys in episodes one and two to now having bad guys and it happened at the end of episode two and the twist from them being like we're on your side now we're not on your side happened so quickly that it makes me wonder what are they trying to get to like why did they speed through that so quickly and just the in this one episode in particular um but I think they have a lot of story to tell and um, kind of a lot of the hints that we got in this episode I, I'm really kind of theorizing and thinking of what we got for the latter half of this show and i think that the the exposition in this i'm hoping is laying a kind of new foundation for a much more compelling hero versus villain storyline for the next three episodes because i think that has been the weakest part of the show because the show is so strong in every other way like i think that the family dynamics continue to just absolutely shine uh and be the star of the show not just family but her friends as well and i think the show's doing a great job of building upon itself uh in a bunch of different like subplots that are like even like nakia's whole like running for the the board and all that stuff like i love that that seems to be like a, a through line that they're caring about and putting effort into uh because it is just as important as the superhero shit um to tam's point of kind of that balance between the representation but then also like it being a good show uh and i think there's a third pillar of it fitting into what we expect from the mcu and hearing uh that uh, he read a bruno read a paper from eric Selvig. it's just mm. that those little tiny connections to yeah. the wider mcu that like if you don't notice it doesn't matter but if you do you appreciate it because you know that they put that in for us to hear and be like, oh, that's awesome, you know? Um, And just a lot of little things of hints of like what they could be doing with the this new origin story for Kamala. I'm really into it. I, I totally agree with Tam that I prefer that this isn't a one-to-one, that it's instead sure. kind of taking it and being like, cool, how can we tell the same heart of that story but in a way that makes more sense uh, for not just TV but for Marvel Studios in general? But... I can't wait i think that this show has the potential to be my number one uh disney plus show i think it it still has a lot to earn to to beat loki and, and wandavision for me but i think that it, it has the potential and halfway through that's an exciting place to be mm. before we continue with our thoughts though let me tell you about our sponsors This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I've been using AG1 the last few months because I figured it was well past time I start thinking about vitamins, but I'm usually not the biggest fan of their format. So being able to drink a flavored water is much more up my alley. And I'm a huge fan here of the fact that it doesn't taste super healthy. It kind of has like this mild tropical taste to it that I look forward to every morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfood, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash kind of funny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance athleticgreens.com kind of funny this episode is brought to you by shopify shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved only for big businesses to everyone so upstarts startups established businesses content creators alike can sell everywhere synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed I love how shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to across the globe our content creator friends use shopify to manage all their merch sales and stuff. And I recently got Gia a pair of Allbirds from the Allbirds website, which also uses Shopify. So that's an example of big websites using Shopify for their sales. You can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting on conversion rates, profit margins, and to help you supercharge your knowledge of your sales and your success. You can go to shopify.com slash KF games, all lowercase for a free 14 day trial, and you can get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash KF Games right now. That's shopify.com slash KF Games for a free 14 day trial. Shopify.com slash KF Games. Go
3: for it, Tap. Oh, I was burned. Burned, oh, Andy. burned Andy. No, I'm going to chuck to Andy. Go
2: uh, on, go on. I had just a random thing I wanted to point out, and mm-hmm. it sort of reminds me of uh, this is like a, a wild stretch, but. After I played Forza Horizon 5 or after I watched Coco, I was like, man, it's so great to not see Mexico depicted in media as orange tinted (laughs) drug duels, cocaine battles, fucking, you know, uh, Mm. cartels, all that shit. I feel like American media has done such a obvious, you know, this isn't a surprise, but it's done such an obvious disservice to Middle Eastern cultures. And the phrase Allahu Akbar has always had a negative connotation mm-hmm. in so much American media. And it was genuinely beautiful. Like I teared up at that wedding to see yeah. just this family really, really happy. So I just wanted to throw that out that like I feel like it it's so rare to kind of see that, especially in now, uh, you know, uh, Disney not, you know, Disney's not a perfect company by any means. But it was just beautiful to kind of see it in a Disney show there.
3: Yeah. The the use of the phrase where at the wedding where they shout takbir and everyone shouts allahu akbar. It's just like, it was a moment where I where it was like this is made by people who get it and people who are authentic about it because, obviously as Andy said, that is only ever shown before a terrorist shoots an RPG in 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 modern media, and the fact that they show it in the moment of happiness is pretty incredible. Um, I think like the authenticity of this is head and shoulders above anything else i've seen literally anywhere wow Um, surprisingly like miss marvel is the only the comic book series is the only other place that i feel good about it's the only other thing i would give to my muslim friends and family and be like read this or experience this and now this tv show is the only other thing from western media that i would give to friends and family and be like watch this it won't make you feel bad about who you are and even like we had one instance of South Asian culture being represented um, in the Marvel Universe, and that was Kingo in in Eternals, and I hated it. Like I thought it was terrible. Like he's he's as a character, like they do the Bollywood thing, and then he's an asshole for a lot of it. He's kind of annoying, and then he pisses off just for the the <laughs> most important part of the movie, which is like, okay, cool, you tried something and you failed at it. But this is like an authentic representation, but also it's authentic in. <clears throat> the treatment of people from, uh, that look like us in, in modern um, civilization and modern society. So damage control, walking into the mosque. Mm. The first thing that I saw was, the first thing that immediately, I didn't see and point out, it's like an instinctive, like, this hurts me, is everyone was wearing the shoes. Like, and I was like, that is so disrespectful. I Even from, if they... you know, an outsider who, you know, doesn't yeah.
1: know Moss culture or whatever, the show had already established that to me. So when yeah. I saw her walk in, I was like, oof, I know that's not good.
3: Yeah. And and like the immediately, like they, they point that out. They're like, you wear your shoes next time. Um, and it's like in a fun, uh, take your shoes off next time. And it's like in a fun way, instead of like a preachy kind of way. But like that whole, there's an undercurrent of, War on Terror, there was a way that we were treated and we continue to be treated in the War of Terror period. Like, we were disrespected and we were treated like trash in so many different ways. There's a bit where there's a line where the damage control agent says, like, go into every mosque, synagogue, temple, gurdwara, whatever. And that is like, when I heard that, I was like, I know that. Is so authentic because I remember there was that phase where it was the authorities saying, just go into anywhere where brown people congregate because my friends who are Sikh and Hindu were like, yeah, the police came looking for Muslims to our to our place of worship. And that's exactly what happened here. And then at the end, where they arrest the um, the Jinn people, and their their kind of um, justification is, we found a brown woman. We found a woman. That's all they were looking for. They were looking for nothing more. They weren't looking for Kamala Khan, the teenager who's potentially, just, we just need to arrest a brown person. And the fact that they did it that way, like to people who don't have that kind of um, context, they might be like, that was weird. They just grabbed the complete wrong person. But to people who do have the context realize that's exactly what they did. They weren't looking for specific people. They were just looking for anyone that fit the bill. So like the amount of times that I was arrested in, in London for being suspicious like makes perfect sense. I'm not a suspicious person. They were looking for anyone. And so like to see that reflected in the show as well. I was like, damn, they're not like shying away from the way we were treated back then, which is kind of wild. And like, it's the fact that it's, it's represented that element of it represented is also like, hopefully educational to people who may not have that context. They can see how we were treated where we, where we were just like disrespected. And, and like, we still are treated as the villains of the universe. Tim, I mean, uh, oh, if sorry. I start real quick. Like obviously, racism is out of control and it's so
1: fucked mm-hmm. up. And I'm so sorry for the things you've had to live through. But I can't just let it slide that you're gonna say you're not a suspicious person. <laughs> like well, you have the gray, you have the gray fox helmet <laughs> behind you, and I've had the pleasure of hanging out with you. <laughs> You give me the willy
3: sometimes, Listen, not at anything about your race, what, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. because of
2: who you are, Tam. I've always I mean, expected
1: the worst
3: from Tam whenever <laughs> I play Souls. <laughs> Game. And honestly, I know you have, and I will continue to deliver. <laughs> um, there, are, there are also, there's also amazing things that happen that, in that same way, that unless you know, you don't really pick up on it. And I want to point out one thing there's that scene where nakia erupts into kamala's bedroom yeah. and like flops over onto her bed like did you pick up anything anything interesting there uh she Probably. took off her her head scarf exactly head scarf. so the thing is like that's such a specific thing that you if you don't know you don't know but people who women who wear headscarves, that when they're out in public they wear it Um, and it's like you know predict your modesty or whatever it may be different people have different reasons however the kind of understanding the rule is when you're around people that you're very familiar close with and you're in a safe environment you're allowed to take it off and so i remember like my sister my cousins my like the female friends in my life who would be wearing headscarves outside but the moment they got into a safe space the first thing they do is like Rip that thing off and just be normal. Like, just drop over and be like, oh fuck this." That. So when Nokia did that, I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" Like, I love that they did that. Like, and it's kind of like this really interesting thing because me as an outsider looking into it, I'm like, "Oh wait, should I be seeing this?" Because technically, Nokia's not like, "You don't know I'm there." I'm but like as a viewer, I'm like peering into a private moment, and it gives this gives this serious to people who have the kind of like a uh, um cultural familiarity and intimacy that most people won't other get. Like, I feel way closer to Nakia know, with seeing her take the headscarf off because of the me knowing the implication of what that means around people, other people. It's really, really cool. So knowing that, Tam, mm-hmm. do you
1: does the ending i guess hit harder of her realizing that kamala khan's nightlight and she's been hiding it from her and like how because there's this whole thing and it's like watching it from the outside i'm like oh yeah this is the normal superhero plot point right of like one of the friends finds out but another no now it's going to be this huge stumbling block in their relationship but they get past it pretty quick because Bruno's hurt and we go on and that's the
3: end of that thread yeah. right there it's hard to say like i i would have expected it's interesting because it's i would expect i'm not 100 percent sure You know, the archetype is there's that one friend that you reveal this to, right? Like Ned or whoever it may be. Like every superhero that's leading a double life has one person. And in my mind, I'm like trying to figure out, is it Bruno or is it Nakia? Like I'm not 100% sure on who it's gonna be. Bruno potentially not because he's a love interest. So like, but it makes sense for me to be Nakia. Also, the other thing is like, what's interesting to me is this show feels more aspirational for South Asian people. Like there's a level of, maybe it's because i'm not familiar with it but like there are moments that happen in this um show between family members that is really sweet and really like loving and it like brings me almost to tears but also they they i'm not saying they feel disingenuous but they feel unfamiliar to me because mm. cards on the table a lot of south asian families don't have this kind of relationship this is a western south asian family Like stuff like being told by your parents that they're proud of you and like they they hope they're there to help you like that doesn't happen like it, a, a lot like maybe i've had a really bad like upbringing or whatever but like for me it's never happened and, and most of the people that i know like that have grown up they don't have their parents come to them being and being like especially if they're like you know from pakistan originally and they're immigrants and that kind of stuff there's like a emotion is a tricky minefield to deal with so seeing it happen in miss marvel it is both uh interesting because it's a better representation of how a Western family, uh, that immigrant family that has adapted to Western society can be. And it also becomes like an aspirational thing, which is good. I hope that people from South Asian backgrounds are watching this and being like, this is how it can be if we were open, more open with each other. And I hope that like this is, and I kind of feel like that is one of the reasons why they're going through this thing where they don't, if she's not immediately revealing, her her kind of like secret to nakia and she's struggling to um kind of tell her parents what's going on it's partly because obviously she doesn't want to endanger them but i also feel like it's a representation of that ingrained kind of closeness that is around emotions in south asian culture i i do think part of the disappointment from nakia's perspective
2: is that these agents are coming to all these mosques and Mm -hmm. they are disturbing everything that we're doing here Mm -hmm. So I think that's partly, that's mostly where the disappointment is going to come from, from her perspective. Yeah. But I do want to go back to that, to that little bedroom scene where they have that moment of just such close friendship. And I th- when she plops down on the bed and she says like, what's wrong, boo-boo? Or I forget what exactly. What she, it's such a she cute squishy. little, yeah. It's, yeah, squishy. It's such a, like, we didn't see a whole lot of Naki in episode two and I wasn't here for the episode two thing. Or we didn't see her in episode one a whole lot, right? Um, Mm -hmm. In part two, that's where they sort of establish that this friendship is here. And and at first, I'm like, oh, you weren't really even in episode one. And suddenly you all are like best friends. Okay, I'll see if I believe this. But there's... (laughs) It doesn't pass the Andy Cortez test. (laughs) Yeah, it sure did. Because I just think they're so lovely together. And that scene in the bedroom is, I think, one of the more beautiful friend moments in a lot of the MCU where it seems so genuine and so authentic because of the performances, because of the, I think the writing is so just believable. It doesn't feel like two characters just talking on screen. It feels like these two friends have grown up all together. And then the directors are like, what would you all say to each other in this sequence? And and it's, it's awesome when she kind of reveals, I got elected to the board and she, you know, Kamala has that sort of tear in her eye. It's it's amazing. It's a really, really great moment for this show.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I think that uh, this is continuing Marvel Studios kind of strong suit of relationships, like friendships being kind of the most pivotal, meaningful relationships that we have. Because when it comes to the more romantic ones, I feel like we still haven't really gotten too many great examples of like romances we just fully believe in, right? Like mm-hmm. Tony and Pepper, you're just kind of like, all right we've seen it a lot so like we get it but like there's not really these shining examples i think probably one of the better examples is tom holland and uh zendaya right but Mm -hmm. even that it's like being able to focus on i think the the younger dynamics like that those high school dynamics that's when friendships and relationships and who you are really starts to form and i think they got that shit down to a science and i think that they're really flexing uh when it comes to the Interpersonal relationships in yeah. the show because I'm right there with you. Like I think that you know, out of all the MCU, probably my favorite relationship of any sort is Tom Holland and Ned, and I think yeah. that we're getting a lot of those vibes with, yeah. um, with uh, with Miss with Kamala and multiple characters in the show, yeah. both Bruno and Naki, and I think that that's a really cool thing to see.
3: I think one of the um things that I'd like to like bring up point out is like uh, friendship and closeness is a very common kind of dynamic in the Marvel cinematic universe. I think what this does that is way more accurate and it feels again one of those things that you pick up on if you have the context is this is about community more than friendship um, and like um or even familial relationship community is so important to um Muslim islamic pakistani south asian culture it is basically like if you are going anywhere like one of the key things about immigration is like you go to a place where you have community and that's how you help so you survive like you you establish the fact that the mother says um her mom says like i found the mosque is not her saying i found religion i found faith it's i found people like me i found community and that is taught in our culture as like how you strengthen every other aspect of your life, especially family. And I think that's what's interesting between the kind of dichotomy that it's exploring is um, they, this is the story of two immigrant families. One is the Pakistani family in America, one is the Jin family in America. And the dad says you know a family a a a man who chooses family or a person that chooses family is choosing is never alone and that is what they depict entirely like everything on kamala's side is all about choosing family they have a wedding they have um people coming together, you know, and they're exploring each other's dynamics together. And it's also like bringing in someone from outside Pakistani culture, like the person um, Amir is marrying is like, clearly not Pakistani, it's about developing a community. Whereas on the flip side, um, the jinn are part of that family, but they ostracize themselves and it's kind of like the light side dark side exploration where what happens if you don't choose family what happens if you are in an immigrant situation but you choose yourself to kind of like fixate on the past and you create a line between yourself and the place you are and the other people that you could connect with and that's what the jinns are right and that's how they've been led astray they chose they did not choose community they chose something else and now that we get who we are out of them. So it's this really fascinating exploration of South Asian community and the kind of the good and bad side of what happens when you, when you kind of like embrace it or don't embrace it. Yeah. Um, where do one we, of th-
1: where,
2: I was just going to talk about like, where do we see, like, what do we predict for the next episodes? Because we feel like we have this sort of second arc on the way, right? I think it yeah. was kind of surprising that in one episode we get hey, we are the good guys, we are the djinn, and we are the stories you've been hearing about your whole life, but we're actually here to do some good. And then as soon as Bruno drops the news that something explosive will happen if you do uh, the thing that they're They're asking for, and then it's like immediately, I I would have preferred this reveal to happen maybe over an episode or two, and even though Mm. we kind of assume, all right, they're probably the bad guys, I just feel like we didn't get enough time to ruminate with that, really.
3: I I think the really interesting thing is like most people currently assume Jinn are evil, bad demons, monsters. But like if you know Islamic culture, you know there's good Jinn as well. Um, So I I really like that they put in Kamran in that kind of category a little more. Like um, I I think that he's going to be really interesting to see um, how it unfolds. I also think like the the next episode, I feel like is going to be a big Miss Marvel hit, hit. Like an establishment piece of like... this is what I can do. Like we had a little bit of her costume. Yeah, that costume moment also is profound for a a big, big like the one where Bruno gives her the mask. And the reason I think it's profound is it's fairly obvious but like think back to what she was wearing before. She was wearing a helmet that covered her face and now she's been given something that is a mask that allows people to see who she is. And I think there's a lot of symbolism in that, especially when it comes to the idea of you know, accepting who she is and being the the helmet came from partially inspired by the old, you know, Captain Marvel helmet. But it also fits into the idea that she felt that she needs to hide who she is and the way she looks, a brown skinned sure. girl. Try um, and the, now, yeah, exactly. Try and blend in. And yeah, the brown girl from Jersey sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. And now that she's got this mask, which we will see her face, her skin color, her hair. I think that's building up to a big moment where she has well, that, that it's superhero that tan, right? moment. And it's-
1: yeah, it's that and it's the one we're familiar with from, you know, Marvel's Avengers, right? But it's and I forget the name of it, I apologize. But the red sash, right? Where even yeah. in this episode she's like, You
3: for you dropped this, you forgot that. We know she's yeah. gonna add that to her suit, right? To add yeah. her flair. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that's going to be the next episode. It's going to be a big like, here's who I am. Well, get to know me and get to love me. We figure she's going to Pakistan in the next episode, right? That seems like oh, yeah. we're
1: going with grandma popping up and be like, you got to come here. I saw the train, too. Like, I assume yeah, she goes there and then maybe there you think she makes a suit. You think grandma helped make a suit or great grandma does through the train world. Yeah, that would be cool so jumping into the super nerd shit on this kevin and i were
0: having a little back and forth on on text before the show so if he wants to hop in and with his theories too that'd be cool but um if you guys noticed in the beginning of the episode when we're we're in india in the 1940s in that cave looking thing on the floor it's the 10 rings the symbol of the the 10 rings and the the little bracelet she has looks very similar and that the power emanating from it looks like the 10 rings and with the ending uh the post-credit scene from shang chi where they're talking about like oh yeah like remember it was uh hulk and uh captain marvel kind of looking at this thing like i don't we don't know where the power source is coming from or or all that stuff like captain marvel being there at all is interesting but now i think with seeing the 10 rings iconography it's like they're definitely linking this somehow and that makes sense with us knowing that It it from day one uh, it's going to be part of that. What's up, Kev?
4: I was going to say, it, didn't they say it sent out a sing a signal at some point that they like yeah. didn't it's understand? Where, it's calling out to something. I wonder yeah. if it's the same thing that had happened when uh, Kamala put it on herself when the train right? kind of. No, no, no. When she put, it, remember she put the it on time. and oh, she um, fell backwards into the yeah, and like the the aunt or not the aunt, but the grandmother's friend or great grandmother's friend was like we friend. yeah we felt was it was like oh we felt it so maybe it was a similar thing um and it just like it, you know to the right kind of people on it sends do out you that think signal. do you think
2: the 10 rings is like this cosmic fucking like united nations <laughs> like you know what i mean <laughs> no, like coming I don't, from all sorts of different well cultures. i mean
4: yeah
0: Cause the thing is, it's like the 10 rings, like from what they told us in Shang-Chi, right? It's like, it's been, they've been around forever. And it's like it being in India in the forties, like adds up for like all the different places yeah, that the, we saw uh, his dad in the movie. Right. But I think what what's interesting uh, as well to tie into this is seeing the, the bracelet. It's not a bracelet. What's the name of it? The, bang- the- bangle. Bangle. Yeah. Uh, seeing that um, on this blue hand could be a lot mm. of things, but I think the most obvious thing that it would be, would be the Cree which we saw featured uh, heavily in Captain Marvel. And the Kree are the ones that did experiments that created the Inhumans, which is what, in the comics, Kamala is. And I I think that they're trying to find a way to MCU-wise, add the djinn factor, and like make it a little bit stronger of a story. While I I was pretty 50-50 on, is she going to be Inhuman or not? At this point, I'm like, she's going to be Inhuman. And I think they're going to explain that in this show.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I was... When they were, when the uh, great grandma's friend was going through it. Right. And she was like, we've been called many things. I would I, like, it did like the caption, the dot, dot, dot. And I was like, she's going to say human. What's she going to say? They're, like, okay, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. And then they didn't do it.
0: Yeah.
4: Kind yeah. had a um, wild
0: theory that I don't wild, think. It's
4: gonna... Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. Either. Oh. Wait, hold on a second. Is it just Tim or is everyone? Fr- oh, everyone's freezing. freezing. Yeah. I freezing. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it's Discord having a little hiccup. Oh, Tim's breaking up real bad. Oh, shit, Tim looks cool. Tim is in. I'm going to leave the call really quick and come back and see if that okay. fixes anything. Hold <laughs> on. Tim looks awesome right yeah. now.
1: Oh, he, that's having a like new too? Yeah, to yeah he,
4: I'm getting On mine, he looks like he's seen <laughs> Oh, I bet you he hit the table and blue-screened.
3: Oh, oh no. yeah. Oh, no, he's well, You, oh, you oh, guys girl.
4: sound all broken to me, too, though. Hold on one second for my... Crazy thing. on my screen. Oh, you're back. Now you're back, now you're back, now you're back. Tim looks like
2: the prototypical, like, somebody's hacking me on a TV show. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: like, you had all the
2: green artifacts, kind like, of... You know, it's like go. when you make a
3: decision <laughs> in uh, the quarry. It's like doing that weird, like... <laughs> I haven't played it. Well, ne- never, <laughs> never will. <laughs>
4: are, we, are we still good, Kev? Uh, yeah, we're still recording. Right. It just... Oh. Everyone got bad for a minute there, so I wanted to... Awesome. Pop uh,
0: let's close out this episode, Kev, with with your batshit insane theory that is just yeah, it's fun. which is it's just like just, just so it's clear,
4: say. it's not going to happen. It's not going to no, happen. But it's still cool. I know that I'm not delusional about it. But who else in Marvel is blue?
3: Hmm? Yondu Nebula. <laughs> Apocalypse. Uh, guys. Uh, Apocalypse. Uh, Apocalypse.
4: Hmm. And what is his name when he like ascends in to like?
3: Sabanur.
4: That's right, Ensab Nor. Mm? Yeah, Nor. Oh, mm-hmm. 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 uh, that's true. He's, he's, uh, got a he's, bunch of he's crazy... Middle Eastern Egyptian. So that's true. I mean, he is Egyptian, but Asia. I mean, you know, who knows how big his reach was. I, I or, would love
3: to see that. I think that is very yeah. cool.
4: Or if, um, uh, what, uh, the Mandarin, like. Somehow got access to the, his, his weapon afterwards. Well, the other mm. thing is he has a bunch of future technology, like, from the super far future that ended up uh, – it was Kang the Conqueror took into the past when he was trying to take over Egypt and become pharaoh and the Fantastic Four, like, stopped him. Interesting. We yeah. see the
2: hand. camera pans up. Yeah. Hey, Dan. <laughs> 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 All right, Greg, Greg, you had your hand raised to close out the
1: episode. I, I wanted to get in before t- Kevin's done. My great job. But I just wanted to give a shout out to my favorite moment of the episode when uh, they brawl into the kitchen. And Kamal's like, everybody's got to get out of here, and they ignore yeah. it. And then the first guy comes in, hits, him, and the one lady goes, absolutely not. <laughs> and they all fucking walk out. I laugh.
2: yeah Also, like, also
3: big shout out to Brown Jovi. Yeah, I was about Which to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Moment
0: of the episode for me, the payoff to last week's joke. Brown Jovi, Brown Jovi does it all. Living out of prayer kicks in for a fight scene. This show is dynamite, y'all! It's so damn good.
3: We do,
2: eat, we do quinceañeras, we do it all. <laughs> I love that he
3: picked basically all the brown events. Yeah. I was like, we'll do all of those. <laughs> it's great. Uh, Tam, will you be
0: joining us next week for this episode? I
3: would, I would love to. I'm going to say yes, hopefully. Um, but you Hell know, yeah. things are wild right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, things are wild. Where can people find you in the meantime? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TomorHage. I'm on Twitch as Tomohage. You can find my content on GameSpot or Giant Bomb. Um, and here, I guess. Uh, hopefully, I can do a Kind of Funny Games Daily again soon.
0: Yay! Hell yeah. Anyways, stay tuned for all of your needs here on Kind of Funny for Star Wars, Marvel, all the fun stuff. Our Kenobi finale review should be live right now. Kenobi. So you can go check that out. But until next time, I love you all. Goodbye.